You're listening to a podcast of New Covenant Church. Join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. in Pompano. Amen. Good morning, New Covenant. It's good to see you. Welcome. If you're here in person, so glad to see you. If you're at home tuning in, we're glad that you're with us. We are so thankful that we get to have these opportunities to meet together and just open up God's word and hear what he has to say to us. Um, thank you, worship team. So grateful for you. Thank you, Rochelle, for just leading us in prayer and letting us know all the good things that are happening. There's a lot going on here right now. Um, so hopefully you're excited about those things and you're eager to sign up and participate. Um, the movie night we did last time was such a huge success. We had over 250 people here and we just we gave free popcorn and and had just a blast out on the lawn and got to watch a movie together. We're going to be doing that again. And one other opportunity that we do have for you to participate is um, we're, we're going to do a little work day at the campus here at, at our facility. It's going to be on um, March 20th from 8.30 to 11.30. And if you can't come the whole time, that's fine. You just want to come for a portion of that. But we're going to be just be doing some things around the property, um, spreading mulch, cleaning up a little bit, just trying to get ready for the Easter, uh, Easter weekend. And, uh, you know, we, we outsource a lot of these things often pretty regularly. And people often tell us like, hey, what can we do? We want to come and just like do a work day. So we're like, okay, great. We'll do, we'll do a work day. It's, it's perfect. Um, so come be a part of that. Uh, there is a way for you to sign up for that on the form that we just had as part of kind of the Easter sign up. But you could also just show up that day and see where there's help needed. Um, we are today going to be in the book of Philippians. We're going to be in Philippians 4. And while you're turning there, I just want to share with you um, one other uh, announcement of sorts. It's uh, bittersweet. Uh, we are, uh, you know, God gives us gifts at, at the church and in life, and we are so thankful for those gifts. And often, you know, God brings the gifts, and then he, he moves the gifts out to other, other places. And we know just if you've been in church life for any period of time or you've been in family life or just in South Florida, we just know that, that there is often a lot of coming and going. And um, one of those goings is our beloved Sarah Garcia. Sarah is our worship director and she and her husband, Chris, have been just an absolute crucial part to our ministry and just what God has been doing here since, um, since we both pretty much started here right at the same time. She was the first person um, I, I, I hired and brought in when I, when I started as the pastor here at the church, uh, February of 2019. And Sarah and her husband are, are feeling called to serve with her brother, in Dallas, Texas, to um, to join in, in a business venture there, and that's probably going to be happening in the fall, where they're they're going to move out of um, out of state, and <clears throat> she will be transitioning out of her current role um, in the towards the beginning of May, and so we are uh, we are sad because we love the Garcias so much, but we are also happy for them that there is just opportunity and God calls us to different places at times and we want to hold the gifts that God has given us with open hands and thankfully there's no 
nothing behind the scenes, no scandal here, no uh, broken relationships, and in fact, just the op- uh, just the opposite. Um, we have uh, just become more and more like family, and it is uh, these are these are moments when we are our faith is just stretched and tested to go. God, you 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 bring us together. You bring uh, unity, and you know they have been such a big part of helping us build this church, and um, it is. Uh, it is under the best of circumstances that we are seeing this transition unfold, and um, and Sarah is very open and welcome for you to uh, come talk to her about it. And Chris, her and Chris, they they would love to share with you part of the story of you know how this all came about. Um, so we you know not hiding anything. There's no nothing nothing going on under the surface other than just this is part of life and life together and life in community. So um, she is, she will, her last Sunday will be May 2nd, and we will appropriately um, tr- make that transition celebration. <laughs> and in the meantime, we are actively just looking and praying for who God is going to bring in. And uh, in that transition, uh, we, we know God loves this church more than, than we do, and so he's got the right person or persons to, to come in, and that has been an active process going on now for um, a couple of months now, uh, and we just wanted to let you know, we didn't want to spring it on you last minute as well, but didn't want to, um, we just wanted to find the right time for it, so to, to, today is that day, yeah, we love Sarah. <clears throat> so, that's that. We uh, we will talk more about that in the days to come, and we we are we are grateful for the, the ministry that Sarah and Chris have brought to New Covenant, and it's not going to stop. We still have time, and we trust in the Lord through it all. So, church, we today are going to be continuing in our promises series, and we are in Philippians chapter four. We're in Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be in just a few verses, verses 11 through 13. Let's stand together as we read God's Word. Philippians 4, verse 11. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for all the great gifts that you give us. And even now as we we talk about just... The, the shifting of sand, the shifting of your gifts, the shifting of life in community, uh, the, the joys of that, the pains of that. This is life, and this is part of how we take steps of faith forward and how we live in faith. So God, I, I just ask that you would bring faith to this place. 
in powerful new ways. God, if there's anyone in this room who has not put their faith in you, God, that today would be the day of faith. We don't need to wait till the end of the sermon to, to, to believe you to work in that way, God. Bring faith now. For those of us who are, are struggling in life, who are going through our own circumstances, our own, our own struggles, God, bring faith. Bring strength. We need you, God. Change us. Help us. We give it all to you, God, and we're, we're so grateful that we have you and that we have one another. Help us now to hear from you and to be changed. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> when, I, when I talk about strength, what, what comes to your mind? I start thinking about strength. I have, I have some things that come to my mind when, when I think of strength. One of the things that comes to mind, this is probably an insight into my, into my head a little bit. Actually, I have a picture here. This is kind of what comes to my mind when I think of strength. This is Eddie Hall. He is a British strongman. At one point, the strongest man in the world. He's one of the world's strongest men. I mean, he is... He is uh, a unique athlete, and in that picture, this is the day that he broke the world record for the deadlift. He was able to be the first man in history to deadlift 500 kilograms, not pounds, 500 kilograms. If you know anything about kilograms to pounds, it's 2.2 pounds for every, for every kilogram, so that was 1,102 pounds. The deadlift is a, is a lift that you take the bar from the ground and you lift it and finish in that position right there. And you see that bar bending because there's 1,100 pounds on it. That is half a ton. It is unbelievable. And the reason why, so the world record has actually been broken since then by like two pounds um, by another strong man. But he was the first man to do this and the, the, the lift almost killed him. Because he got up, and you can see a little bit on his face, but when he let the weight down, he passed out. Blood was coming from his nose, his ears, and his eyes. Um, sorry. And he even lost his sight for a little bit, right? To break this world record, to be the strongest man in the world, it, it, it broke him. He is strong, and he's obviously a bit crazy, <laughs> But his commitment to strength is, is inspiring, to me at least, because since I was a teenager, I have just always been fascinated with strength. I have, uh, I have wanted to be strong. I have spent a large part of my life just, just working out and lifting weights and trying to be strong, to, dedicated to, to making my physical body strong. We, we want to be strong as, as humans, I mean, maybe not this kind of strong, but it's, it's a huge business. The health club market is a $100 billion business. The supplement market, you know, vitamins and protein powders and, you know, all, all performance supplements is a $200 billion industry. Getting strong is huge. And even if you did just a quick Google search on, like, how do I get strong, you would be 
faced immediately with 2.2 billion hits, right? There's, there's 2.2 billion things that you could look at, and even the top hits on Google have titles like this, how to get stronger with seven simple exercises, or 50 ways to get stronger now, 10 ways to grow stronger in 31 days. And next to those headlines, in parentheses, all of them have like, works every time, works fast. The reality is, it's really hard to be strong. It's hard to get strong. It's not fast. It's not easy. There's no simple formula to, to get it done quickly without struggle. Why do we care so much about being strong? And maybe you're like, well, I don't care about being strong. <laughs> well, maybe not physically strong, but I think we all want to be strong in one way or another. We want strength. We want there to be something in us that helps us to do what? To, to handle life, to handle the, the struggles of life, the things that come at us. So if it's a physical altercation, right, you want to be physically strong, but what about the other things in life that come at us? We need strength to, to handle the emotional toll that life throws at us, to, to handle the, the spiritual struggles of life. We want to be able to, to fight off bad things, to be able to move obstacles, to reduce injury. That's why we want to be strong. And we're always trying to find the secret, the secret, the secret to handling all that life is going to throw at us. And here's the problem. We look in the wrong places, generally speaking. My physical strength, fine, you want physical strength, there's a gym on the corner, like you go to the gym, but... That's a small piece to even getting physically strong. And then it just gets more complex. The stronger that we want to become inwardly, we need so much help. And we go to all the wrong places to find that strength. And, and this is part of why we're going through this series as we're talking about promises. What has God promised us? And if he has promised us anything, how do we, how do we get them? How do we get those promises? How do we... How do we live in the reality of those promises? What's the secret? Because we need, we really need strength. And strength that will really help us, not fool us. We're looking for that secret that's going to change everything. And what's really cool is here. We find the secret, or at least a secret, a secret, the secret to a strength that will change everything. This passage of Scripture can change our lives. It will change our lives. Paul says it here. He says, I have learned the secret. So it's not much of a secret because he tells us about it. So, but, but this is it. This is the path forward for us. I have learned the secret. God promises us strength. He does. And that's good news. 
If it's something we all want, and God says, I promise it to you, then we need to, we need to think about it. We need to, to dive in deeper. Because look, strength doesn't always look like what we think it should look like. It's, it's not going to look like that monster on the screen, <laughs> Eddie Hall, 6'5", 400 pounds. lifting 1,100 pounds off the ground. In fact, the Bible gives us a, a really a different picture of strength. And we could go to a lot of different places to, to look at strength, to understand strength. And, and I just, I thought today we would go to one of, one of the most popular, one of the most quoted, one of the most highlighted scriptures in all the Bible. Because I also think it's one of the most misunderstood scriptures in all the Bible. And it talks about the very thing that we want, strength. Paul says it, I can do all things through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. Who strengthens me. There's the promise, right? Strength. Christ will strengthen in all things. And so the question for us is, well, what's the all things? And this is where we run into some trouble in life, right? Because this, this idea, this concept, this verse has been quoted often where? You know, dealing with sports. Score a touchdown, hit home run, that job I want to get after. Like, it, it deals mostly with the successes in life that we want to achieve. Like, ah, oh, I want to... I want to be in the NFL. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you're looking at that kid. You're like, yeah. I don't know if he's that strong. I can do all things. What are the all things? And it definitely applies to those good things, but it also and really more often applies to the, the troubles in life. See, that's the context that Paul's writing in. He's writing this letter. He's writing to a church in, in Philippi. It was a church that he loved. It was a city that he loved. And remember, back then, it was just one church in the city. That was it. There wasn't, you know, multiple places to go and look for churches. You couldn't church hop in the early church. It was like, I live in Philippi, there's the church. I'm either going to go or I'm not going to go. See, he loved this church. He planted this church. And they were going through tough times as just being new to the faith. They're in this, this Greek world that just did not understand this idea of one God, of, of one Savior, of a crucified Savior, of anything that Christianity had to do, deal with, he, he is not, he's not planting a church in an area that's looking for a new church. You could take that scripture down. He loved this city, and, and during his time in that city, when he was planning the church, he actually was thrown in jail. He was thrown in prison, 
for preaching the gospel. And there's this amazing account of like God intervening and, and, and saving him from the jail cell. But actually, he doesn't even leave because there's, <laughs> there's a jailer in there who is, is going to be executed if the prisoners escape. And, and God does this amazing work. And this, the jailer is, is, has this conversion experience and comes to know Christ. And Paul is part of that and eventually starts the church in that area. And now, when he's writing this letter, he's in jail again, probably in Rome, writing back to the city that he loves, back to the church and saying, hey guys, I want you to understand some things about faith. Because they were going through a hard time. They were being persecuted for their faith. They needed encouragement. They needed, they, they needed strength. And so Paul is writing to them, encouraging them. He's telling them to stand firm, be strong in your faith. When you're tempted to lose faith, when you're tempted to doubt, when you're tempted to give up, be strong because God is going to give you strength. And so here's the strength. Strength is this, to trust Christ in all circumstances. That's the simple message that Paul is trying, to, is trying to give to them and is what he's trying to give to us because this is what we need. We need to hear that, that strength exists for us, that it is available to us. He wrote in another letter in Romans, we know that for those who love God, he works all things together for good. All things together for good for those who are called according to his purpose, right? For those who love God, all things work together for good. This is the encouragement that he wants to give them. It's the encouragement that he gives us that all things work together for good. We need that, don't we? Are you going through all things right now? Right? This is another time when all things is, is being used. In our scripture today from Philippians, he says, I can do all things. In Romans, he says, God works all things. The all things, are the, this, this is the questions of life. When you're going through one of the all things, how are you going to handle it, to process it, to, to deal with it, to wrestle through it? To trust Christ no matter what is going on. See, that's the strength. Paul wants us to have, that God wants us to have. <clears throat> and and he, he uses this idea of the secret. He's like, look, I've learned this secret. I've learned this secret to strength. I've learned the secret of facing anything life has to throw. And this is what it is. This is the secret. And he tells us, I can, I can do all the things through Christ, through him. The strength comes. Strength comes. All the things because of Christ. See, this is the secret. It's not about, it's not just about all your hopes and dreams for the future, getting that next promotion, getting that job, making it into that next season of life. The the secret that I can do all things is contentment. It's contentment. Contentment in all of life's situations. The highs and the lows. 
See, the highs aren't bad. The lows aren't necessarily bad. It's finding the, the strength to handle whatever life throws at us. And it's, it's finding contentment. Contentment is this, is this peace, this understanding, this comfort in what is happening in my life is part of the all things that are working together for good. Because what's our temptation? When the all things start happening, <laughs> we go, well, God must have left. Or I've done something wrong. Or typically we blame whoever's closest to us, near, nearest to us, like, this is your fault. Wife, husband, child, brother, boss. <laughs> All things are happening to me because you are not doing what you're supposed to do, and I am just being attacked, and I'm the victim, and everything is bad because if only you would just fill in the blank. God's like, hey, all things are working together for your good because you love me. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be just as you planned it, just as you orchestrated it. In fact, it's probably going to look nothing like that. Because he is bigger than all of it. He sees all of it. And we can find strength and contentment whether we have a lot or whether we have a little, right? When Christ becomes our treasure, our everything, he is, he is the prize. When he is center of life, that's the secret. That's where strength comes. And then it doesn't matter if we have a lot or a little. He's our treasure. So if we have a lot, we need strength to handle a lot. If a lot is, you know, when we have a lot, sometimes it's not always better. Sometimes we have a lot, it just causes more problems, causes more trouble. God wants us to be able to handle a lot so we can look at the, the lot that we've been given and keep it in perspective and say, okay, this is a gift. I'm not promised any of this, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a good attitude, a good mindset about how to deal with the lot, the a lot that I have. Or if we have a little, we can, we can say Christ is enough. Paul's in jail writing this. He's like, I, I've learned the secret of finding contentment in abundance and in need, in, in plenty and in hunger. I mean, he's living in the, the low part. And what he's using his energy to write, he's not saying, hey guys, come get me out of here. Something, something wrong has happened. I'm not supposed to be in here. Would you, let's figure, let's, let's get an escape plan in place. He's like, hey guys, this is actually working to further the cause of the gospel. And so I want to tell you, you're also going through your own stuff. I want, you to, I want you to also understand what the secret is, that strength comes in contentment in whatever God brings our way. This is the promise. God will give us strength to handle what comes. It didn't matter to Paul. He had his treasure. 
He knew what was most important, and everything else was just extra. And so other parts in this letter, he's like, look, to live is Christ and to die is gain. He says, I know who began a good work in me is going to finish that work. He, he just is pointing constantly, constantly, constantly back to Christ as the center, as the treasure. When he's the treasure, everything else falls into place. Is your connection to God real and strong? Do you know him? So that no matter what comes across your path, you can say, Christ is enough. Whether you have a lot, you can say, oh, this is great. I have a lot, but Christ is enough. Whether you have a little, and you go, well, Nice to have some more, but Christ is enough. The full promise is strength through Christ. Strength through Christ. Your strength, your doing all things will, will, will have very little to do with how much weight you can lift from the ground to your hips, but it will have everything to do with you being able to handle the weight of life, the, the, the load that life brings, the loads of losing a loved one, of hearing a scary diagnosis, of standing up for truth, of losing a job, of whatever it is. In all those situations, we could say, I can do all things. Do you see how much bigger this is than just a, a catchy slogan, something to write in a yearbook or, or to teach our kids that they could do anything that they put their minds to? Let's give our kids something bigger to think about, that it's not so small. This whole Promises series is not just about is, is what we're asking God too big of him to do. No, we just we tend to ask too little. He is able to do so much more. Look, Getting that next job or finding, finding significance, finding worth from a spouse or for, uh, in a community, that, that's one thing. But there's so much. God is wanting us to be filled with him so that he's our treasure. And we can look to him and say, no matter what comes, I can do all things. It is bigger. It is stronger. It is richer than the things that we tend to ask for. I can handle anything that life thro throws at me because of Christ. See, we think that this scripture, often when we use the scripture, we think that it gives us strength to make something of our lives. When in reality, it's saying you are something because of Christ. Now go live strong, world-changing lives. Because you are Christ. You are in Christ. See, that's the whole thing. I can do all things. It's not just all things. It's all things through him. All things through Christ, through him. Everything that is him, we are going through him to, to do the all things. That means he is with us. His grace, his love, his perfection, his care, his justice, his strength. In order to do the all things it has to be through him. And in order for it to be through him, you have to know him. You have to know him. Not just about him. You have to know him. You have to have faith in him. Your faith needs to be put in Christ. You have to trust him. 
In order to do all things through him, you have to trust him. Trust him with your life, that those all things are part of a bigger plan, that he is caring for you, that he is working through the trials, the difficulties of life. It's easy to say I can do all things through him when, when the bank accounts are full and the stomachs are full and life is, is comfortable and easy. Like, yeah, I can do all things. <laughs> like, it's easy. It's when life is not going according to your plan that takes faith and trust to say, I can do all things. We have to trust him for all of life's stuff. We have to know him and trust him, and then we have to go to him. See, we have to stop running toward, for other things for strength. We have to stop running to the other places, to the gym, to the mirror, to our spouse, to our boss, to our talents. We, we just, we form our faith system around what will give us back the most affirmation and the most sense of worth. This is what we do, all of us. I do it, we do, I mean, we put our hope, our trust, we, we go to these things for strength, for purpose, for significance, and maybe we get it. Maybe we lift a thousand pounds off the ground. Then what? We need something that will last, that is sustaining, that will give us more than just the one-time fulfillment of, of some accomplished goal. We need, we need a life of purpose, of mission, and we need to know after this life is over, there is something more. And that's what Christ offers. That's the promise. We have to go to him. Our ultimate source of strength has to be Christ. It's the promise. The promise comes. He will give strength, but it is only if it's through him. And so when you're doing whatever it is that you want to do to, to, to live life, and I'm not saying don't try, don't have goals, don't shoot for, absolutely Go achieve. Just don't look to it to be your God. Don't fight to the death for that goal, for that purpose. Be more known. Be known more for your love for the Lord than your affiliation with your physique, your look, your political party, your candidate, your government, your whatever. can do all things through Christ. So, strength. If you want it, you have to understand that strength takes time. Strength is built. It doesn't come instantly, no matter what the TV commercials will tell you. No pill is going to make you stronger overnight. No workout routine is going to make you stronger overnight. No diet is going to shed 40 pounds in one week, or at least it shouldn't. Strength is built, and it is built through investment. So how are we going to invest in strength? So I want to give us three things to just 
hang our, hang our thoughts on so that we can think through this over the next week. To invest in strength, it requires practice, patience, and perseverance. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up as we go through these. Practice, patience, and perseverance. And I would say this. This, this is primarily for spiritual growth, what I'm talking about, because of the scriptures we're in. But this would apply to all areas of strength in our life. These things are important. This is actually essential in wanting to get stronger. Look at what Paul says. He says, I have learned the secret. That, there it is. Paul says, I have learned. Really important word. What is learned? Learning takes time. No matter the situation, it takes time. Learning takes practice. He says, I've learned to be content. I've learned how to be brought low and how to abound in every circumstances. With lots of food, little food, abundance and need. He says, I'm learning, I'm learning. Learning means practice. Learning means you are going to, to have to do it multiple times. You're going to have to stick with it. You're going to have to practice. Nothing comes, nothing is learned right away. It takes time. The, the author of another book in the scriptures, in the book of Hebrews, it says, everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he's a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. You, you want to know how to, how to live life strong, to, to avoid the bad, to, to run towards the good? That's the distinguishing between good and evil. It takes constant practice. It takes nourishment in the word. That's what he says. Milk. We don't want, we want solid food. You have to fill yourself with solid food so that you can know what is what. You, you can know how to live life. The most fulfilling life possible is through practice of God's word. It takes patience. I don't like patience, but it's the only way. It's the only path to strength. Real strength, the promise of God's strength, he is going to give it, but it takes patience. It doesn't just happen overnight. God cultivates strength in our lives, right? When we're children, we, we start becoming stronger, but we can't carry all the load. It takes time for us to grow, to mature, to get stronger. And with that practice also comes patience where we're waiting. We can't just walk into the gym one day, put however much, 300, 400 pounds on a bar and expect to lift it over our heads or lift it up from the ground. It takes patience. Learning takes time. God uses waiting as one of his primary tools to 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 grow us. And we don't want that, but that's, that's his way. In the Old Testament, in the prophet Isaiah, he says, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles, run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Don't you want that? Don't you want to run and not be weary? I mean, that's, that's, 
That's strength. That's what we want. Where does it come from? Waiting. Are you waiting for God right now? Are you waiting for some promise? Don't think that he's abandoned you. He is strengthening you through the waiting. Stop running from other things. Stop running to other, other, other things to give you that fix, to give you that, that, that sustenance, to give you that strength. Run to him. It's the only strength that will last, but it will take waiting. And with all of that is perseverance. Look, it just takes it just takes perseverance. Paul says in another place in Galatians, he says, let's not grow weary of doing what's good. He says, don't grow weary of doing what's good. In, in due season, we will get good things if we don't give up. <laughs> it's basically, that's my version. Okay? Don't grow weary in doing good. You know why? You know why he says don't grow weary? in doing good because doing good will often make us feel tired and weary because we're going to feel like we're the only ones doing what's right and the world around us is doing everything that they want to do and it doesn't seem like anything bad is happening to them. In fact, it looks like they're prospering. It looks like they're getting what they want and we're here going like, God, I'm following you and all I'm doing is waiting and suffering. God says, don't give up. I'm working something in you. I'm making you strong. I'm making you stronger. God wants us to keep moving forward. We have to keep at it. Life is hard, okay? It is, it is challenging. It is difficult. God pushes us to persevere because he wants us to trust in him, to, to rely on all the strength that he supplies. See, if we do it on our own, we're going to fail. We're not going to have the stamina. The gas tank will get empty very, very quickly. And then we start making the bad decisions that lead us to more destruction. When God says, look, I want you to follow me, trust me, run to me. God promises that we can do all things through him who gives us strength. And when God promises us, he doesn't break his promises. Never a broken promise. He is faithful. He is merciful. If you are in a low season, if you're in one of those all things that are that it is tough and you just feel like you are drowning, you're at the pit, Christ is there to pull you out. He is there to save you, to give you strength, to give you life, to give you hope. Trust him. Trust him. Through him, you can do all things. Through nothing else, through him. Do you believe that? If you believe that in your own heart, in your own conversation with him, say, God, I believe you are able. I trust your faithfulness. Help me. And if you've never trusted him for, for the salvation of your soul, this is, the, this is the time to say, God, save me. I'm drowning. There is no hope. I need saving. I need you. Would you forgive my sins? Would you fill me with all that you have? I trust you. I need you. Give me faith. 
God will answer those prayers. Church, let's stand together. We're gonna sing, and I would encourage you as we sing this song, let your heart cry out to the Lord that there is nothing he can't do. His words are true. His promises are true. Great is his faithfulness. In faith, through Christ, let's sing this and let's see our strength increase even now. Let's sing, church.